stay bout it I'm not pouting Break through walls and climb it mountains If you want it, scream it loud What's up superstars? Welcome to the Brain Tainment Podcast. Listen, if you're someone who wants to build more confidence within yourself, your ability to perform, to execute, to build skills, or to just feel better, or if you're someone who wants to architect a new empowering identity, this is the platform for you. Listen, we have all kinds of guests on this program from the psychology space, neuroscience, sports, as well as cultural icons and influences where we get to pick apart their story and learn a bit more about them. So be sure to subscribe. I hope you get value from this show. If you do, if you do enjoy it, please, please, please do me a favor. Put it on your socials, share it with friends and families who you think this message could help or they would enjoy and be sure to share the love and tag me on those platforms. We'd love to get some feedback. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. What's up, gang? Welcome back to the show. I'm joined for round two uh, with my main man, meditation teacher, mind maverick and all-round legend, Janelle Van Kekum. Uh, You may have seen our first installment. If you haven't, be sure to check that out after this one. We go pretty deep on the world of meditation. Um, but listen, Jay someone that He's played a pretty important role in, you know, my meditation journey for sure, but also just in my overall personal growth journey. And, you know, I like to, um, if you listen to the show, you, you know this to be the case, I like to connect with people that are relatable and fun and friendly, but also have a pretty solid understanding of what it is that they're, what they're working on and what they're teaching. And so this man does just that. I'm excited to unpack a slightly different conversation to last time today and this will be useful for anyone, um, but he's got some amazing stuff in the women's space. He's just opened up that I want to unpack. But listen, um, you know, guy, girl, anything in between, you're going to get value from this chat. And it's always super fun when we do connect. So, Jay, welcome back to the show, my man. Hello, though, boy. It's good to um, be back on, mate, and have a good, uh, good chinwag with you. Well, we'll just laugh and off air. You know, obviously restricted by borders at the moment, but I bloody miss you, legend. So hopefully... We get a chance to um, to connect in the flesh soon. Wouldn't mind cruising back up to Byron Bay and enjoying well, yeah, some yeah. latte and some um, you know almond milk, uh, hemp coffees and things of that well, nature. Mac and milk, mate. Mac and almond milk. Get it right. Of course. Right. Oh, is that the new thing? Is it? Yeah, yeah mac and milk. Of course. Yeah. I'm I'm already out of it. I'm already <laughs> <out of> it. <laughs> well, mate, the, the meditation stuff's huge. We're talking off here again about um, like how how pivotal that is for so many people and the amazing work that you do you know, in that space, helping people get started. We'll touch on that at the end of this chat. But um, the reason I want to get you back on, mate, is um, funnily enough, you know, we have a lot of banter. You do some amazing stuff in the men's space too. But I, uh, just looking through the basic analytics, it seems like the majority of uh, people that tune into my show are, are female. And so I want to kind of lean into that and provide as much value as I can. Um, and I know that you've launched a new program, Elevate and Empower. And you know, just reading through the copy of the program, but also just knowing you, um, yeah, I know, I know there'd be tremendous value for, for anyone that comes through it and hopefully we can uh, explore some of the best parts in our chat today. But just firstly, mate, maybe just talk us through what it's all about, why you opened it up, who it's for, and then we'll kind of unpack the juice. Mate, um, it's a kind of a new, new area for me to dive into and the way it looked for me was, I entered the space of, you call it personal development, I suppose, with meditation as my leading modality. So I studied Vedic meditation and became an expert at meditation. And that's what I always lead with. And that's what I began always leading with. And off the back of that, 
I naturally was always growing and researching and doing more work on, on stuff, for, you know, whether it's around getting clear on your values or understanding masculine and feminine energy. And because that it led from me wanting to work on myself, right, understand myself. And then also momentum comes into play. So then I'm also on the side of things, researching and working on more um, different areas and expanding what I understand so we can bring more to the men's space. Obviously, you know, so that's what you uh, you came on board with us with momentum at the beginning, you know, and our founding founding members, which is awesome. And you know, off the back of that, I started to delve into other areas, and that was also really really exciting and and, and cool. And and momentum's obviously all focused around men. Now, in my business, Mind Maverick, what I found is naturally, I was calling in and attracting more women into the into the pro into the um, meditation on, on the whole and also for one-on-one mentoring or coaching and it wasn't intentional it's was just naturally well obviously what I resonate with which is which is fine and I've, I've always felt really comfortable with women I have lots of you know female friends and it just it just feels good and I, and I enjoy those interactions and so um, the, the, you know the feedback off a few of them were, were, was around you know a lot of them had come in the past and experienced like destructive relationships with men in the masculine and they struggled um, with a lot level of confidence and identity post that, whether it was, you know, they were attached to being the mother or the partner or the teacher, whatever their job was. And then when that sort of dissipates or goes, well, they, you know, the, the relationship ends, there was a level of like, well, who the fuck am I? And my worst, you know, often if they're, you know, unhealed or, or men that haven't done any work on themselves or, you know, battling their own demons, which a lot of us are, there can be some damage that's that's done, right? And what I found is that there was a lot, there was a level of distrust for a lot of women towards the men and masculine as an energy in the space. But yet they also really wanted to call in a new partner. Now, if you have a level of distrust towards men and the masculine from a past experience, and if you have some old wounds from uh, even growing up with you know, dealing with your representation of the masculine, which might have been your father or your uncle or your older brother, whatever it was. We all, we all take on conditioning and, and wounding and experiences. They, that is going to be playing up in your world and potentially blocking you from calling in that which you want or um, influencing what you call in. And you're like, why do I keep calling in this kind of person? Or why do I keep getting, you know, calling in the person that treats me like this? And a lot of that comes from what's going on with you internally. And the mistake that us make is like, oh, when the right man comes in, then I can be the person I want to be. It's the wrong way around. You need to first do the work on who you want to be and where you might be blocking yourself and where some of your own wounds. And if you can't fully trust the masculine and even the masculine within yourself, because as men and women, we both have both masculine and feminine energies within us. And if you have areas of wounded masculine energy within you based on your past experience and you don't fully trust or are open to the masculine within yourself, you're not going to be um, open to it coming from a man, right? And so this sort of stuff was was playing out and, you know, I've obviously done a lot of work on myself to, you know, I, I used to shop fucking unhealthy and wounded as anything in terms of both mm-hmm. my masculine energies and how I treated myself, how I treated women. I'm aware of that. And uh, also that started picking up on where a lot of that was coming from. It was coming from my old wounds and my own fears and insecurities as a man. And it's not always with me trying to be an asshole. And naturally working with some women, what what I noticed is that there are, and I looked out at the space, there are lots of women 
coaching and working with women and doing women's courses, but not many men working with women and doing women's courses. And also as part of that, helping them develop a new understanding of and relationship with men and, and the masculine. And also something to be said for, you know, a lot of, there's a, currently there's a lot of, you know, if you're a, a woman and you're heavily driven by feminine core energy, because we have a, we have a balance, but mm. most women tend to be driven by feminine. There's, there's always a, a, a blend, but in society there's a lot of, it's quite a masculine driven society. And so often women can find themselves stepping into their masculine a lot and then finding it hard to step out because I don't even understand what the differences are in them, you know, when it comes to an energetic level, what the behaviours actually look like. And so also as well, if, if you're struggling to step into um, your feminine energy, you're going to struggle to call in masculine because the same energies repel each other. Masculine repels masculine for like that sexual fire and that chemistry, like feminine and masculine attract each other. And so it's also really important for the for females who are driven by the a core feminine energy to be able to step into their feminine and then learn how to trust the, the masculine. So what I saw there was like, well, the power of me holding that and when the feminine is in an environment where there is a reasonably healthy masculine who can hold the space, it allows them to sort of open up and trust again and then step into their feminine and do some of that work. So that's where I sort of naturally found myself stumbling towards the point where I was like, let's explore this place. And it's also now I understand men even better because I work with men mm. all the time. So I like, well, how can I use both? So it's like, I'm working with men over here. I can work with women over here and let's work with everyone, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's kind of how it evolves. That was my uh, kind of long-winded story of how it evolved. That's fantastic. Um, something that comes to mind for me immediately is, um, you know, uh, and you kind of touched on it in that, when we are kind of disconnected from ourselves and we have these wounds that we carry around and, you know, it's a can of worms that we could unpack for hours on end. And, you know, Lord knows I've got my own, like all of us who are probably tuning in to an extent, right? We've all got our, our baggage. And I've found that when I haven't probably properly unpacked that, or I'm feeling disconnected from myself, it's in any capacity, it's really hard to then connect with others. And that might not be necessarily, you know, intimately in terms of that intimate relationship, but even just, you know, friends, family, things of that, when I feel like I'm really disconnected from who I am and, you know, I'm kind of um, carrying this baggage and these wounds, I'm so, I don't know if it's in my head, if it's, or, or I'm just dissociated, whatever it might be, it makes it really challenging to then almost allow um, that feeling of connection to come in, which, you know, the funny thing is it's, it's for me personally, my highest value. And I know for a lot of people it is too. So is that kind of what you're alluding to is that like that lack of, you know, uh, uh, connection to self and, and being kind of stuck in the quicksand of these old wounds and, and, and mismanaging our energies. It's essentially blocking ourselves from then welcoming in these things that we will tell. And I imagine clients come to you and say, this is what I want. I want this relation. I want that and the other but it's almost like this level of self-sabotage to an extent. Yeah, you're, 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 um, you're definitely onto it there, mate. It's literally, we've got this, and this is how I've been also conditioned to project and judge and everything's out there and it's someone else's fault and blame them. And, and you know, even, you know, this, this culture of consumerism, like it's all based around us spending money. So the way to attract the better man is to get this makeup or look like this, or buy these clothes. It's all external, it's all out there. And we're also giving away our power, right? 
And if that's what you're basing, and, and often I, when I chat to people, I'm like, oh, you know, um, explain to me, like, do you, how do you value yourself? Like to what level, you know, what level do you work? Like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I think I'm pretty attractive, you know, I can do it with guys and blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, all I'm, a lot of what I'm hearing is around attributes and achievements, mm. not who they are as a human being. Yeah. And that's the fundamental. So you're hundred percent right. It's like you need to reconnect to yourself. And if you can't love yourself, mm. you are as a human being, not just because you wake up and want to have a good day and you're fucking looking pretty that now I feel buzzy. It's like, if you can just love yourself and include the whole part of yourself. What I mean by that is, is that what we tend to like to show is, and you know, especially in the early stage of dating, right? It's like they get to see the buzzy, the happy, the energized, the creative me, and then we hide the shadow parts of us, which we're not, mm-hmm. which we're ashamed of, and we're only ashamed of them because society's told us it's not okay. We shouldn't be jealous. It's fucking the green monster. We shouldn't be angry. We shouldn't be, you know, girl, especially for women. Like it's unattractive for women to be angry, right? And so there's a lot, there can also be a lot of shame of accepting who you are as a whole human being. And so mm. before you pull in this ideal person of who you want, you just start accepting this right here in the mirror. And that's a really uncomfortable and difficult thing for a lot of people. We don't know how that, how to do that. And so it's around where they, like- Where do they start then? Like, cause that to me is the, it sounds like the, you know, the, the, the premium ingredient for healthy relationships and in fulfilling life is to, is to have that level of self-acceptance and self-love. Um, but at the same time, it can be so elusive for so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, where do we start to kind of start trying to build that into our, our lives a little bit to, to, to have that level of genuine love, respect, acceptance for ourselves. And like you said, um, you know, for the right reasons, not necessarily for the, you know, what's printed on a, on a resume. Mm. There's a few different levels to that. You know, one part is to start looking at what do you value in others? So when you look at someone and go, oh, they're who I want to be, why? Is it because they're fucking sexy and they've got money and the blah, blah, blah. Because if you're looking at that kind of stuff, that's, you, that's the wrong place to be looking. Mm. And you just start rewiring your brain of what you look for and what you value in people, right? who they are as human beings, because we're always mirrors for ourselves. And if you can start picking up on like, actually, I fucking, you know, that person I love because they're always so engaging and they're generous, they've got great style. These are the kind of things that we start framing our minds to look at and then start looking at ourselves and, okay, what are the things about us that aren't to do with our look or, you know, the amount of money we've made or how well we've done in this certain thing or how many awards we've done, whatever the fuck it is, like, who am I as a human being and what are the, the cool things about that? And a lot of us, we, we don't see that sort of stuff. Right. And even our, like the, the challenge can even be for some people that like we've, we've spent so much time um, looking outside of us that we, a lot of people even struggle to see that. And so it's just, it's a process of starting to look at that kind of thing and then also find evidence to support why you are, you know, these attributes, mm. also why you are these Characteristics, or you know why you are this, this human being and often that comes from needing maybe someone from the outside to go you know why i love hanging out with you because it's this this is this you're like oh okay yeah yeah okay and mm. start honoring that but then also the flip side of that also is develop a level of integrity to self one of the biggest best ways we can lose self-worth yeah is we don't shop for ourselves that's things like boundaries yeah. You know, doing things you know you shouldn't have done, allowing conversations to go places you know you want to do. When you said you want to do something for yourself, say, tomorrow morning, I'm, this week I'm going to get up and I'm going to meditate on these things and you don't. 
we keep the score internally. And I always say, like, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you think you deserve. And we keep that subconscious score. So if you don't mm. actually think you're worthy, because you know what? I didn't really show up like I knew I was going to last week. I'm not actually worthy of anything better. And this, this goes on without us even realising. So there's there's a lot of different fucking layers um, mm. to the process. Uh, and also getting clear on, like, who are you? What do you value? You know, what do you stand for? Um, you know, and a really great process to look at if, say, you were to get the ideal partner that you want, what kind of human being would you be then? Mm. I'd be so much more generous. I'd be confident. I'd be free and blah, blah. Be that first. You're not going to call that otherwise. We'd actually flip that around. We're waiting to have the thing. Yeah. We can be who we want to be. It's like, you need to be that per- person first. Energetically, better call in anything that matches. This is a mistake a lot of us make. So it's like, you actually have the power if you're willing to step into it. And this is the uncomfortable work. Um, and it goes against the way we've been conditioned and trained um, throughout most of our most of our lives. You know, the, the idea that we are worthy of love and acceptance just because of who we are is not something that lands for a lot of us. It's like we're always taught, like, you'll get it because you did well at school. You got the good grades. You got the boy, you know, whatever it was, right? And that's for all of us. I had that too. Like, my validation was based around how good I was with sport, you know, and how then I had good I did with girls. That was what I thought I had to be, to be accepted and be worthy. Nothing I was a great, I was a great, sensitive, compassionate kid. And that actually made me, I was treated really badly because I was that softy. So I learned very quickly. That's not, it's not about who I was as a human being. It's what I could do and look like. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a whole rewiring of decades of fucking conditioning for most of us. Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot. And you've quite, you have alluded to it quite, quite well, but it is a process, right? Um, something I want to just kind of think out loud with and, and hopefully you know, this, this makes some sort of, makes some sort of sense. I think it's important. Um, it's from my experience, um, you touched on the, the self-respect piece and the integrity piece. And for me, that's been just ginormous in my own life. Something that I'll have is what I call bright lines. So these are the lines, like I don't do this or I always do this. So they're very black and white, it's bright lines. And I only operate within that. But then I've got a level of flexibility and freedom within those bright lines. You know, it might be I exercise five times a week, regardless of the weather, regardless of how I'm feeling. That just is a non-negotiable. Cold showers, might be meditating daily, whatever it might be. Um, that to me has worked really well. It, and to bring this back to where we started this conversation, it, that feels like a very almost masculine approach to have, you know, these rules that you operate within, albeit, um, you know, the logic of it is there and I, I could be way off, but is that something that I guess from a feminine point of view is just as useful? Is that universally useful for all people to have though? Like I'm setting these rules for myself and these restrictions and these goals and, and adhering to that and, and building that self-respect from that. You know, we hear self-love a lot and you kind of touched on how that's one way to, to create that feeling. Um is that is that useful for everyone, or is there is there a better approach for someone that's perhaps more driven by a feminine energy? So it's a really really good question. So, and I would argue that, and what I see so often happen is, um, I obviously work with a lot of and I have a lot of amazing women friends who are heavily in their feminine, and I'll be like, oh, you know, you should try this meditation. What's your morning habit? Right, right. like oh, I just like to feel into my days. I'm like, with respect to that that can also be you let yourself off. Mm. 
because if you're just feeling into your day and you didn't feel like meditating for five days, so you watch Netflix for five days. So what I would what I would argue there is like, you know, if you're just using this as an excuse because I don't feel like it today, like I don't fucking feel like meditating every morning either. Mm. I do it because I know it's an investment in myself. So what I would look at is like, it doesn't have to be rigid and structured as such, but maybe if you're you know if driven by the feminine energy and the feminine energy is naturally it's flowy, you know, it's built, you know, you, we work with the mo- we work with emotion. And which is, which is amazing and beautiful. Um, so maybe what you could do then is like, you know the things that help you. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe you've got a list of four or five things that uh, you know put you in a good state of mind that make you feel good. So what you could do is like you put aside every morning, you have 45 minutes or whatever it is, and then maybe within that 45 minutes, you can choose one or two of these activities to do. So that would be a way that you can get around both, I would say. So you, you're like, because a, a lot of the times we know the things that help us. And then when times get tough, we don't do it because we don't feel like it because we're too busy or we're grumpy or we're fucking, you know, in self-pity mode. Mm. Letting ourselves off because we don't feel like it. Now, if you give yourself a, you know, a bit of room to move, but you've got this 45 minutes where you need to do one or two or three of these things, that level of, you know, flow and freedom, what you feel like this morning, but you're still doing some things that you know work with you. So mm-hmm. that's one way to sort of meet that one halfway. Cause I do um, appreciate, so I always have a joke. Some people are like, no, no, I just like to wake up and, you know, see what I feel like this morning. I'm like, I get that. Um, but just be mindful of when you use that almost as like a bit of a cop out and excuse. Um, yeah. Yeah, it seems like there really is a balance to find. And I suppose that's um, part of the challenge is being able to reconnect. It comes back to that idea of like reconnecting to who we are so that you know what that balance is. Because, you know, just sort of reflecting on my own experience again, uh, as, as useful as that kind of masculine approach, I suppose, is and has been for me, my goodness, there's fucking times where I've leaned too heavily into a masculine energy for whether it's bravado or because I feel I have to or bad habits or you know the masculine wounds from childhood whatever it might be i've leaned too heavily that way and i'm like this does not feel right because the reality is you know similar to yourself i have a very sensitive side to who i am that feels right when i lean into it so it's kind of just trying to you know navigate through um the different moments in time where i would need to lean into i guess those different energies and um for that to happen you know from my own experience and i imagine for a lot of people where they get stuck is that becomes challenging when you when you feel disconnected from yourself and you can't actually pick up on what do I want, what do I need right now, um, and I know that's something that you do a lot of work around as well is sort of reconnecting to that and then whether that's what's my purpose, what's you know who am I, who am, who do I want to be? Because um, I would think there'd be people who can't answer those questions. They don't know who they want to be. It's just not who they are right now, and they're stuck. Um, is that something that you find? Yeah, well, that a lot of people are they get caught up in the idea that you know everyone hears a story and you know, find your passion and you know you won't work a day in your life and blah blah. And I'm like, that's well and good, but it, it can be overwhelming because not everyone's passion is going to be their job. Mm. Like your career can be something that um, is an avenue for or funds something that you're passionate about, but what your like underlying purpose or in the Vedic philosophy, we call it Dharma. 
is can be brought into anything that you do, right? So I would argue your dharma or purpose isn't to start an orphanage, right, or start a charity, but it could be something around being um, compassionate to every person that you meet, right, or making sure everyone that you engage with feels seen and heard and understood, which is a power in itself. Does that make sense? So what we need to start looking at is like, what are aspects of who you are as a human being? That's what you're like. It's your unique characteristics and traits and skills as a human being. How can you bring that to the world? And that's your purpose, right? And you can do that anywhere. You can do that when you're at the shopping market um, for, for most of us, right? You can, you, can, you can bring what you do into your job, into how you interact with people. Like, and once you get clear on that and it becomes less overwhelming, it's like, oh, actually, this is, and also we don't want to overthink it and try to create something that no one else has done before. Mm-hmm. Everyone's always done something before. Just create your version of what yeah. that may be. Um, and, that, and that can give you a level of direction and, and, and purpose as well. Because some people are like, yeah, well, don't, I'm going to be a meditation teacher like you and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Right? Look at that one step deeper. So again, it's around your unique characteristics and, and traits to human being. And, and what can, how can you use them to contribute to the world? And mm-hmm. contribution is the kicker here. It's not what we can get. You know, how can I get more of this? How can I contribute? contribute, contribute. Um, and that is an energy, is a fucking energy of abundance as well in terms of calling in. I want to talk about that a bit more actually. And then um, this idea of like making decisions from a place of, I guess, of love or fear, um, you know, abundance, love, all those good things that sound ethereal. But I think if we're really honest with ourselves, we kind of understand that premise of like, sometimes we make decisions from this level of abundance and joy and love. And then sometimes it's, you know, it's absolutely from a place of fear. It's to avoid some sort of pain, even if it's not best for us. Is that something that you see a lot of people get stuck with too, is, is constantly making decisions and, and thinking patterns from a place of fear over call it love? Yeah, yeah, man. Mm. Um, call it fear, call it contraction, you know, call it fix. There's, there's different names that sort of feel into that. Um, that you can even as well as, I'm not sure if you feel the same, but as I'm saying these words and I can almost read your body language through, as you say these words, you, you can viscerally experience it, right? Love, abundance. Like I said, maybe it's a theory, but fuck, it feels good when you start to try and really live into that and you reflect, okay, where am I honoring those feelings and, make, and being brave enough to make decisions in accordance from that place versus this contraction fear? It's like, ugh, you can feel it. You can, you can feel the difference. It really doesn't feel good at all. Now, if you are, and this is like it's like a scale at the bottom is shame, right? Shame, guilt, fear, sadness, you know, apathy, anger. They're all these low vibration energies. Now, if you're constantly operating at that level, that just becomes the norm as well. And energetically, if you're at that level, you're going to call in what matches that. And this is why you get these tastes sometimes of this like high level. And if we, if we, if we look from high levels, it's like courage and love and peace and acceptance and willingness, right? They're high vibration energies to be operating from. And in every thought we have, every decision we make, every word we speak is coming from one of those places along that scale. And for most of us, you know, we are operating off a subconscious program, which we've cultivated over the the early parts of our life. And most of it is autopilot, right? We don't realize it's happening. And so the kicker there is to really start increasing your awareness of like decision. Like I always say like, what would love do? If I 
in this decision? Is it based from fear of failure, rejection, trying to make someone feel bad, you know, judgment around how things should be, you know, all that kind of stuff, the scarcity. Mm. Is it coming from that? What love would do is love coming from acceptance, opportunity, challenge, you know, they're the kind of like, you can always tell, like, is what I'm saying right now coming from love? It's fucking not, you know, is my, you know, my choice to go down this avenue for a potential new job is me saying no to that coming from love. That's fear, you know, and you can, you can tap into that. You can look at it. Like you can write down, like, what are the reasons why I'm not doing this? Really? When you start delving into it, which most of us don't like to do, Mm. we can, and the way to start rewiring it is to start checking in. And every, it's like every time you use a muscle, we strengthen it. Every time you go, no, move to love or move to expansion, whatever word resonates for you, you strengthen that muscle and then it becomes easier next time a situation comes around to fall into that. Mm. Does that make sense? You've got to start doing the heavy lifting first. Yeah. Opportunity. Because when things are hard and you're in the moment and blah, blah, you're going to default to the old mode always. Yeah. And you start creating the new program actively and being aware of what does love and expansion look like? Mm. realize um and it literally you know i always say like our um outer world is a reflection of our inner world it always is Mm. your state of being so for for the you know ladies tuning in for guys as well of course it's that should be wildly empowering because one of the unfortunately one of the easiest places to get trapped is this belief that we are always going to be how we've always been and yeah there might be women that come to you wounded by relationships in the past you know uh, could be childhood stuff could be whatever and maybe they've been perpetually operating from a place of fear uncertainty shame is a big one you know you mentioned those low vibrancy uh, low frequency vibrations and energies um may have perpetually been living from that state and becomes ingrained, becomes habitual and humans are creatures of habit. And so to know and to wholeheartedly understand and believe that that can be shifted, albeit a process slowly but surely, that can be shifted such that um, over time, maybe that default state, you might not go from, you know, uh, waking up with a, fe- a feeling of dread and shame to tomorrow, just wildly abundant, but there's a lot of stuff in between and you can gradually make your way through, um, make your way through that process and start to unpack some of that stuff. And I think that's just super, super empowering because it's like the same way that, you know, uh, just to bring it back to a sports analogy, I don't know if I'll lose people here, but if, same, if you're lining up for goal, and you're just thinking the whole time, this is fucked. I can't kick. I always miss. I always miss. You're going to shank it. You're going to do some sort of subconscious, uh, you know, you're going to affect it in a negative way. To bring that back to um, what we are just talking about, we will find ways to show up in incongruence with how we see ourselves, right? And so you know, girls and guys alike, um, until that belief that you can shift that feeling changes, it's going to be quicksand. You're going to be stuck. Um, that's been my experience. Doesn't mean I'm, trust me, I get stuck a lot. Um, but that's really promising, right? Well, we all do get stuck and I still get stuck because I'm a human being. Mm. So the mistake we also make is sometimes people, like we're used to wanting these big transformational, tangible, fucking smack in the face experiences, which sometimes happen, right? But also we're working with two, three, four, five decades 
of operating in a certain way. Mm. So we can't expect six weeks to suddenly have us cured and feeling on top of the world. Like there's going to be moments of that, but part of being a human being is we experience happiness and joy, and then we experience sadness, a bit of anger. But when we experience those, you know, um, slightly more undesirable or lower vibration energies, it the, the key is to allow ourselves to feel it and go, okay, I'm just feeling angry right now and express it healthily and then move back. Because often what we do is we, we get into that and then we dwell on it. And then we just like, we literally marinate in that fucking feeling, right? The victim, the poor me, or a fucking angry, rah, rah. It's easy to, to, to be in. And so give you, like, be patient with yourself because moving out of this takes time and there are different levels and layers to it. And so, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, I'm not quite there yet. I'm like, we're all just a constant, I always use this. I remember one of my teachers when I was studying, he always used to use this term, which I love. It's like, none of us are a problem to be fixed was to constant process of evolution. No one's ahead of anyone else. We're our own little process as we go, right? And that's a nice way also not to be in a rush. It's like, I'm just processing my way through my shit and they're processing their way through their shit and they're at whatever level they're at and I'm at my, my place and it's going to be just constant. Because also every time we, and I get this, like every time I get to a place, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, new trigger. Let's look into this one. Like, there's there's always something going on, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I love that so much. That's a really, really good good message for so many people. Before we wrap things up, um, firstly, you know, for anyone that's tuning in, and um, I encourage you aggressively, if I may, to, to connect with Jay and learn more about um, his program, um, his meditations. It's, it's all um, very impactful. Um, and I say that with, you know, complete certainty. So be sure to connect with him before we finish up though, mate, I just want to uh, touch on the, the, the stress and mindfulness and, and meditation piece. You do, you know, of course, some incredible work there. Um, and guys, girls alike, it is just wildly rife in today's society that we are overstressed and it's impacting our body, our minds from your experience and just based on your studies and your understanding. And I guess, you know, real world experiences with clients and people you work with, um, why, why should we care about prioritizing meditation, mindfulness? Why is that important? And what's the impact of being perpetually stressed in our body and brain? Right. So, I mean, stress is arguably the most common uh, connection between most illnesses that we have, mental, physical Stress is also the inhibitor and the barrier to performance for us. It's simple as that. Now, as a human being, if you're a human being operating in this world, you're experiencing a level of stress. Now, unfortunately, the amount of stimulus we're exposed to now outweighs our body's natural ability to process. Like culturally, we have evolved so quick and even the last two years, like, look what we're exposed to. we from the news, from media, from friends, from people who think differently than you. It's all fear, 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 right? Fear, low vibe, puts us into a state of stress and survival mode. So if we're operating in that state, what it should be is an acute experience. Stress is designed to be, as a survival mechanism, it's like, oh, we see something that's a threat to our life and an automatic 
um, the sympathetic nervous system automatically throws into gear the fight or flight response, right? Now, this was designed to help us literally fight for our life or run away. It's not designed for us to get angry because someone cuts us off in traffic or angry because we have, we're at a deadline under the pump at work or because our partner had a go at us and they might leave us, right? They're all things that are part of life, which we are now using, we're responding with that system because we've been told that they're now threats to our life, not being loved, not being, not having a job. Like that's what it's all about, right? Not, not making the money that we wanted to make. And so if we are running in that stress response, there's a few things that are going, going on. One is when we're operating that way, we're always looking to survive. And the best way we've learned to survive that way is by looking for all the negatives from the past and projecting them into the future so we can prepare for that. So if you find yourself, you're constantly dwelling in the past and always looking at negative things, you are running in that cycle, right? And it's really, really difficult if you're in that survival mode to see opportunity, to see new ways of operating because you're all about survival and threats. It's actually what we start looking for. You, you, you literally, your vision starts going like this. All you see is the threats and the negatives and the blah, blah, and the, all the stuff that's going on. Now, what else is going on in the body is if you're operating in that system, and for most of us, we just become accustomed to it. We are like, I used to kind of get off on being stressed because that's how I'd, I thought I'd operate better on that because I was pumping cortisol and adrenaline in my system. Now, A, adrenaline, you know, if we pump that out, we, we got none left at the end of the day to train or to have energy for things that we want. And cortisol, is literally like poison to the body if it's not used up. It can impact your fertility, memory problems. It directly impacts um, weight. Like it, it literally eats away at your muscle tissue, which means your metabolism is going to drop. So all we, what I see a lot of people doing is they're like, yeah, I train, eat, train fucking hard and I eat pretty well and I just can't seem to fucking lose this extra weight. I can't seem to get out of this thing. It's like because you're looking after your nervous system. Our nervous system is that foundation that impacts everything we do how we respond to situations, how we respond to, how we recover from challenge situations, how our bodies metabolize food, the decisions we make around food, the decisions we make around our practices with people. And when we are in this, you know, survival or stressed operating system, we are only operating at a very narrowly focused um, view. And also physically, things like our vital organs, and immune system, they go to the back burner. Because if you're about to fight, fight a fucking tiger, you just need strength in your arms and your legs. You need to think expansively or creatively. You just need to focus on the threat and go all in or run the hell out of there. And so also if you're, fine, if you're chronically stressed or operating that system and it becomes the norm, it's no longer acute where you just experience it and you come back down again because often we recycle. Think about it again and go over it again and go over it again. And we relive the stress every time and it brings us out of the present moment and we're up in our heads and our bodies are operating in this, in this system. It becomes really, really unhealthy. And when our immune systems and vital organs are on the back burner, what happens? We can get sick and sickness can look like anything. Physically being ill, gut issues, maybe develop anxiety you didn't have before, maybe having panic attacks. Maybe you find that you can't sleep as well as you used to be able to sleep. Maybe your memory's getting foggy. Maybe you can't concentrate anymore. These are all manifestations of a nervous system that's under pressure. And because most of us think that health is exercise and a bit of decent, half-decent nutrition. And we forget a nervous system. And this is where meditation comes into play because the meditation is all around de-exciting and giving your nervous system time to process and rest and repair. 
So how we show up in the world starts start shifting. Like the meditation is literally an antidote to the sympathetic nervous system. It sets into gear the rest and repair, which is more expansive, which is calm. Uh, and so the the issue I see a lot of people have is they have this idea that meditation's around this like become this woo woo airy fairy, you know, blah blah. I would argue if you want to look around and pull your head out of the ground or out of your ass, you will see, and this is me being quite direct, to be honest, meditation, there's like decades and decades of scientific research, whether you look at the Chicago, I mean, the Chicago Bulls with Phil Jackson bringing it into the team. You know, look at Seattle Seahawks. They used to bring meditation in. You know, Ray Dalio, the CEO of, you know, Bridgewater, probably the biggest hedge fund in the world. You know, big wave surfers. Like Everyone is using some kind of meditation or mindfulness to help them perform better in their day because they've got beyond the resistance to stepping into discomfort or the weird stigma that it's only for fucking monks or whatever. Cause that's what held me back as well. I was literally that person was like, I'm fucking meditating. Rah, rah, rah. Um, it's like, get out of your own way. Mm. You want to show up at your best in the world. And this is where I can get a bit direct. I'm like, look, you know what, either you're willing to step into it or you're, or you're not. Um, the choice you're making is to stay where you are or step into the discomfort. And for all those reasons you outlined before, like it's it's a pretty compelling case to <laughs> to, to to bring in some sort of practice, right? And you know uh, we go we go pretty deep in the first chat we did in terms of practices, modalities. We talk about the Vedic style. Um, so if anyone you know wants to learn more about that, go check that episode out. I think from memory, it's actually the second or third most played episode on the show. Oh, great! Yeah, so got a got a good little community around that. So if you haven't checked it out, uh, be sure to do so. Um, and I appreciate you actually very eloquently um, sharing a lot, of the, a lot of the reasons why. And I think, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about in this show really comes down to two things. How can we help, well, firstly myself, but then the people tuning in, how can we help us all either feel better or perform better? I mean, that's really what we want, right? We either want to feel a certain way or we want to execute and perform a certain way. And um, my God, being able to train our brain, our nervous system, um, again, for the reasons you shared, um, it's just such a powerful tool. So, um, makes a certain way. Absolutely. And if you're stressed and tired. What's, what do you think the biggest age is? Stress and fatigue. Mm. Uh, at that level, like I've got no shame about the fact that I like to look good as well. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not. I'm not purely only always in motivated by me myself being connected and all the rest. Like, yeah, I like looking good too, and that's totally fine. And so, doing the inner work is reflected in how you you know, carry yourself as well in the world. So even that's a welcome part of it just to throw in there because I know some of like, oh, yeah, but, you know, do, don't you still want to be attractive? And I'm like, yeah, I do. And that's also okay. Um, it's all part, you know, it's all part of it. It's holistic and it's and it's from a it's from a good place. Mm. Right? Those, yeah. And that's what ultimately it comes down to is like, are the things that we um, that we choose to do, are they from an expansive place? Are they from a place of insecurity or fear? Or is it just purely from a place of like, this is what feels right, I wanna lean into it. And a lot of that all revolves back around being able to feel connected to who we are, who we wanna be. Um, so hopefully there's a few takeaways from this chat. Mate, how can we learn more about what you've got going on? Where do we find you on the, on the interweb? Mate, just um, probably the grand's probably the easiest place. You know, I'm always on there or active in the DMs or whatever. So my easily spelt name, Janelle Van Keegan, you know. <laughs> I'll put it up in the show notes. So uh, you can just click along. My Maverick's probably easier. Yeah. Appreciate it, mate. Great to have you on for round two. Looking forward to round three when the time comes. Love it, brother. Thanks for having me.
And that wraps up another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate the support you guys are showing to this platform. If you got some value from this episode, if you enjoyed it, please do share it on your socials with friends and family. Really helps grow the channel uh, and the mission and everything we're trying to do here with Braintainment. So spread the love. I would be forever grateful. And of course, if you got some real insights from this episode, hit me up, find me on social, shoot me a message. I'd love to engage and have a chat with you guys. So that's it for now. Until the next episode, thanks again.